Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The Casa TV Podcast. Talk about the best and the worst on the box. So we're here. Uh, we've reached our top two favourite comedies of all time. The comedies that would keep us content if we were stuck on a desert island or stuck in a lift together if we had access to a DVD player. Um, if I'm stuck and live with you, I'm going to be trying to find a way out. No, no, no offence, but I'm, I'm not going to settle down and watch a comedy with you. No, sorry. There goes my exciting lift party. I was going to hold. <laughs> if only, if only you could get a lift with like a working toilet and maybe a fridge, you know, then maybe yeah. I'd do it. But no, that's a small apartment that you're asking me to move into. Ah, right. They don't tend to move between floors, do they? If you're uh, curious why we're on our top two, it's because we've already discussed our top five of all time. You can listen to that in the uh, comedy... Well, we've done five to three. Yeah, five to three. You can listen to that in the podcast previous. Uh, But I can tell you that uh, it's all there and it's all good. So enjoy that. If you haven't listened to it, I'd suggest you stop this now and go and listen to that and then come back to this. Because otherwise it won't make much sense. Pause this, go to another yeah. room with another computer. And download it that. again. Yeah. Yeah. Play that, then come back, unpause it, and it and we'll, we'll, in fact, we'll just wait for you. You go now, we'll wait. All right, you're back. Okay. <laughs> Good, I was getting scared to you there. <laughs> Do you know what I, I did there? You know that thing? I actually looked at my wrist during that second. I don't even have a <laughs> in watch In a comedic on. way. I don't, I love I don't that. wear a watch, but in a comedy <laughs> way, I kind of looked at my wrist. There you are. That's comedy. <laughs> and and uh, when was the last time you saw your wrist like that? Probably not a long time ago. Probably a long time ago. Okay, uh, we have reached the top it, so two. I don't, I don't often do that. I have suspicions two. about what Gary has chosen for his number one, but I have no <laughs> idea what you've. Well, chosen this might for shock you two. because what I think you think is my number one is actually my number two. <laughs> Oh, wait, I will repeat. I will repeat that if the police ever want to question me about to make... <laughs> if, if you ever get interviewed about this, so, so can my I number preempt two... your number two and say uh, that I I guess it's uh, the Richard Curtis Ben Elton comedy Blackadder. You're right. It is Blackadder at number two. Now, is um, it a specific uh, series uh, 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 of Blackadder? 
Well, now, see, now, again, I debated this one in my head because, of course, each individual series of Blackadder does stand on its own. Um, to ground it, it is ri- originally written by Richard Curtis and Rowan Atkinson, starring Tony ben Robinson, Elton. Stephen Fry, Ben Elton, ben Elton uh, wrote, it, wrote it as well. You're quite right. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, Peter Cook was in it uh, and in the first series and, of course, in later series, Neil Innes and uh, Hugh Laurie appeared in, in a number of them as well. Can I just but, say, can I just apologise? That is the one and only time I'll shout Ben Elton at you. I won't do that every week. That's okay. If you could make it a feature of the uh, podcast, uh, that'd be great. Um, and, and, and basically, each series deals with a different period in time history. So number one was uh, kind of medieval times. Number two was Charles II and the more kind of like... Uh, oh no, num- was number two that one or was number two... Yeah, number two was that one. And then number three was Elizabethan. No, yeah, and, number um, two was Elizabethan. Oh, that was it. Number two was Elizabethan. Number three was the kind of King Charles II, yes. uh, uh, England, and then number four was World War II. First, World, uh, yeah. uh, first World War, sorry, First World War. And there <laughs> has been the odd Christmas special. There was a special done if you went to go to the Millennium Dome. That which was I horrendous. Was, and it was a time travel one, and it was awful. Um, and But I think particularly Blackadder Goes Forth, for me, was the one that cemented the top two. Uh, Blackadder as a character evolved over those four series. In the first series, he was a snivelling, grovelling little, snotty little prince who, Rowan Atkinson said, bears no resemblance really to Blackadder in later series. Blackadder in series two, three and four was this uh, maniacal, malevolent, uh, lovable rogue who, who forced his way into power or way into elite situations by using underhand and, and, and you know it was very clever and manipulative so it's very interesting to see how, how they changed it but uh, yeah for me Blackadder goes forth when they're in the trenches in World War One, and again it, a bit like Porridge it's that wonderful self-containment episodes that I really remember you're the ones where they're stuck in the trenches and you know and, and they can't go over the top or there's fear of them going over the top all the time the thing, um, the thing is the reason Blackadder one is the reason why I would never buy the complete Blackadder set I have two yeah. three, four on on DVD but I'd never buy the complete one because I'd never I know I'd never watch number one if if not often then hardly at number all. one is okay but it, it, I mean Peter Cook is very good in it um, and Brian Blessed is very good in it, and I never thought I'd hear myself say that. And and it is, but it is very different. You know, I I, I can see why there was quite a quite a debate about whether Blackadder would get a second series and how much it had to change. But one I of the things that... talking about uh, possibility in the future of a series set in the 1960s. Personally, in my opinion, whenever you think something will work, bringing it back, it never does. L- please leave it alone to yeah, our memories. I, in, in the previous podcast, we talked about The Office. You know, there's no way they should bring that back. It's ended and it can be looked back on fondly. And I think the same goes for Blackadder. Don't ever bring it back. And I think I think the stars have all said it, it would take a, you know, and Hugh Laurie's a big American star. Stephen Fry's very busy. I, I don't think they could actually get them all together for a period of time now. Um, some of the things about Blackadder Goes Forth that made me laugh the most, the constant Captain Darling ep- uh, jokes. Why is that still great. funny now? Why is it still funny? It's the most silly it's, joke. It's brilliant. I mean, when I, I went to go and watch the movie Meet the Fockers, um, and every Fokker joke was brilliant because you laughed at it because you knew what was going on. And I remember sitting, I was sitting in the front row with a mate, and we laughed at every single one of them. And there were some people at the back, you could visibly hear them touching. I'm thinking, did you? 
what did you expect? And it's the mm. same with Black Odegaard's Fall. Some people say, oh, I don't like some of the jokes and I think it's a bit vulgar. And I say, what did you, what did you expect? There's going to be vulgarity. There's going to be lots of, you know, when Captain... Oh, what's the Rick Mail character? I can't remember his name, Flash but when out. he turns up, Blackheart, it's all going to be, out. it's going to be Flash Out. It's all going to be penis jokes and things like that. So, I mean, get used to it. There's also a documentary uh, at Christmas a couple of years ago where they discussed it in great length and the fact that mm. the, the, um, the scene that everybody remembers at the very end, which is the yeah. quite moving scene, well, that, very, just, very just nearly get... didn't happen. Before you get onto that very quickly, because that is the other memorable part of it. The other memorable part for me is Stephen Fry's uh, uh, character, yeah. General Melcher. And it's that it's that whole idea that basically for mo- most of that season, he just went, meh, and it got a laugh. And again, and he's not even of- sure where it came from. That wasn't in the script. No, no, it wasn't in the script. It's his own ad lib. But to be, yeah, to be fair, one of the reasons why this is so memorable is that final scene uh, where they eventually go over the top into no man's land. Um, and they are allegedly, well, you never really see it, but they're all gunned down by the Germans, and um, then it flashes in f- of, of what, um, is it, is it Ypres, or is it, um, I don't know, the Somme, I'm not quite sure which yeah, battle it was. Somme, I believe. I think it's the Somme, and, and, and you see the sort of, you know, the picture of what the Somme looks like now, um, just all those poppy fields and all those um, crosses. So, and the one thing you'd never expect from something like Blackadder is that it's going to move you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's it, 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 it's again. We mentioned it in the office. It's pathos. It's that whole idea that when you're doing a comedy, you don't have to hit people in the face every five minutes with line after line. You can show them real, genuine emotion, and that low makes the high of the comedy even better. I think. And also, if if there was a, I forget who said it, and I don't want to misquote anybody, so I'm not sure who said it. But there is there is this sense that. If you have peop- an audience on side with characters and with, with laughs, yeah. you can hit them just as easily and move them just as, as much with a, with a sad moment as you can with a humorous moment. And, if, and people went with those characters. People cared about them. Yeah. And... Oh, there, there yeah. was definitely feeling and emotion. I mean, a lot of people, you know, you either relate to Blackadder or or Captain Darling or, or you know, or Baldrick and things like that. You know, and, and, and there was just some wonderful, you know, the, the episode where they were going to the, the prison hospital uh, to weed out the German spy. Um, again, using Miranda Richardson, who was such a big part in Series 2. It so, makes I mean, me nostalgic. Just you talking about it makes me want to grab the DVD and, and sit down with it and... and- and I think that's the good thing about Blackadder is, again, it hasn't aged. The jokes are still good. The funny parts are funny. The sad bits are sad. You know, it's a timeless piece, in my opinion. And so not that, my number I'm one. really curious as to why that didn't make uh, Because it made a number one recently in, in, um, in yes. the best British comedies surrounding the Jubilee. There was a survey done about the best it's done British by the Radio comedies. Times, but I think it was published in the Daily Mail or the Daily and Express. Blackadder and it was there Kind yeah, and, and unsurprising. Um, I wasn't purely because I think I think a lot of people do look back very fondly on that fourth and final series. It ended on a high. You can definitely say that. Some comedy series, it's tough to replicate. Sometimes, you know, that first series, you know, when everything is new and fresh, and we talked in the first part about coupling. Certainly, the first series was the best series of coupling, and maybe the first series of Community was its best. But definitely, Blackadder got better, like a fine wine. The, the thing is, as well, it kind of upsets me because if we do this list in ten years' time. I'm fairly yeah. sure 
the numbers won't the the shows on the list won't change that much, and that's quite that's a shame, really, that we well, haven't I, come up with anything else. In I 10 mean, years. Cer- certainly so far, Community is the only comedy that we've mentioned that is actually still on the air, still relevant, and, uh, still yeah, relevant. Because I'm not going... counting, I'm not counting the American version of The Office, no. uh, but I think that's that's a real shame. But a lot of them are '90s and 2000s, so you know. We're not yeah. we're not stuck in you know, there's no forty towers on my list. No, nor me. No only fools and horses on my list. okay. So let's go to my number two. It's it's one that is gonna upset Gary again. We've spoken about it. Oh, it's dear. not for him. Do you want I guessed yours, you guess mine. Well, it's not that stupid Simon Anstall thing, is it? No. No. Oh Father Ted. No, but I would be in my top ten if it if it Ooh. If we did top ten. Uh, then you you have me flummoxed. Go ahead, sir. Well, you I know you hate it, and I debated even whether to bring it up because you hate it, and then I debated whether to bring it number two because you hate it. But then I thought, no, I'm the editor of said website where this is going. I'm going to do my number two all over the website. So, with that <laughs> with that in mind, I have chosen. For number two, a very simple sitcom. I almost don't want to say the title for of it because he's going to go... Oh. For a very simple person. I mean, yes, carry on. The Royal Family. I love it. Yeah, but I clever. can understand it. It's very clever because what they did was they, they, they changed comedy before The Office changed it because well, we, I... we, were still in, we were still in a world in 1998 when that was first on of studio-based sitcoms, of laughter tracks... Uh, and what this did was it just was was four people in their lounge commenting on telly and getting laughter out of the banal everyday situations that everybody in the country and everybody around the world. And you said you don't like Seinfeld <laughs> because of that. No, but you see, the thing is, you can watch the Royal Family and go, that's something my mum would say, or that's something yeah. my nan would say. And and also what they did, which was very clever, and testament to the writers, Craig Cash and Carolina Hearn, was they left all of the things that TV editors would normally take out, sort of the, lo- the long pauses that you have in genuine yeah. conversation. You don't natter continually when you're, when you're in the, the lounge with family. You, you, there's a lot of breaks and gaps and things. <laughs> And there's, again, some very genuinely moving moments. There was death, there was birth, and, and again, much like Porridge and Blackadder, it never really left the front room. But the problem uh, is that there's a couple of things that I, I dislike about the royal family. One, I was bored. That's the problem. When I watched it, I was a little bit bored. Um, and, I, and I say the same thing, you know, about, about the Simon Anstall about Grandma's house. And that's, that's kind of a very similar vein where there's a lot of them sitting around. I'm just bored. Um, I don't get the idea of a comedy about people sitting around watching other people watch television. I, I don't get that. The other, I mean, I think Carolina Hearn and Craig Cash are, are obviously very good writers. Um, you know, but I think, I think to me it was just like an extended fast show clip. Because again, you know, you've got you've got the you've got the, the catchphrase, you know, fucking whatever it was, and that no, was Father Ted. You know, my so it was Father but, Ted. But, but, but the thing at the banal moments, like if you had your tea. What did you have? And then they go on about what they had yeah. to do. Uh, Jessica Stevenson lived next door. She was a, uh, a, a character with a problem with her weight. Cheryl from next door. Yeah. It, was, it was just a very funny man. And I'm afraid I can't forgive them for introducing Ralph Little to the world. <laughs> can't do it. He was very young at the time. Yeah. Uh, but the, the single, yes, one, one of my favourite lines is still the grandmother talking about her, her honeymoon 
with her husband and she says we went to oh I wish I could remember it word for word um, we went to somewhere um, which is which is good because it's now a fish shop and we went there with my friend Betty who I met at the town hall dance haven't spoke to her recently she moved to she moved to Leeds and married a joiner he knocked her about a bit but her home was lovely <laughs> and that, yeah no I can see that but I mean again it's it's that kind of that's and the sort of, of thing my mum would say which was there's a my, soft southerner I don't get. And there was also a line that my mum, I swear they stole it from my mum, which was, did you see that documentary on the Kennedy assassination last night? And she says, didn't that Jackie Kennedy have some lovely clothes? That's all that she'd really picked up of the documentary. Yeah. And it's just that banal, normal, just everyday situation that you could relate to. And... And they I did. do understand. I, I do get. I, and I, do, I understand why you like it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay it. Your 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 reasons are valid. And actually, and, and, and to you write find, ab to write about normal life is possibly the hardest thing to do. Because yeah, because I can, you can I easily can write like a Harry Potter type thing if you want, if you were smart enough, uh, and create your own world. But to write about and to get how people speak so bang on is quite hard. But then you see the problem is is that I find that, as I say, I find that quite dull in its sense that, you know, uh, why not write about something a little bit more adventurous? But, you know, I, I, I can't argue with, with with your choice because, again, we've said comedy is subjective and something I don't get is is not necessarily something that you would. So I, th I think it's fair to say that this is coming back at Christmas. It's been on not last Christmas, but a couple of Christmases ago. And it's fair yeah. to say that it's not been as good since it came back it's that old rule of yes it'd be nice to see them but really let's just remember but again it it's unfortunately it absolutely fabulous came back at christmas and it was oh, it was neither absolutely God. or fabulous oh. and 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 the problem was is that i think that the bbc has had this long tradition you know with only fools and horses and mm -hmm. uh, and, and 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 even sort of like french and saunders before bringing back these christmas specials just to satisfy this kind of britishness actually you know uh, let's put let's make christmas specials out of some of the newer comedies you well, know that's a sad make a, thing that make, there a, aren't many make a christmas new... special out of dead boss make a Christmas special out of um, outnumbered. I oh, know they have done well, that, but I mean, kind of, that, yeah. you know, give it a bit more. You know, I, I yeah. just don't. I don't know. But I hey, cannot... I can't. I can't argue with your choice. It, it, it's a, a solid, well, 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 comedy. I can't argue with that. Well, so we've reached the number one. But if this was a chart show with any merit, they would make yep. people wait just that little bit longer. And I have a button here that says oh, okay. commercial break. Now, if I hit this button. You will have to wait another 30 seconds before finding out what we have chosen as our number one top comedy of all time. Uh, I'm so going to sit and do a 30-second drum roll in my head. We'll be back in 30 seconds. The moment has arrived. Can you believe this? It's, it's here. It's like Christmas morning. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Did your parents ever do that thing where they'd, they'd, have, they'd say you can't open your presents till we've had a cup of tea? And you'd, you'd nearly, the anticipation would nearly cause you to self-harm. Did you ever? 
<laughs> Did you ever I, have that? I never had parents, Luke. So, your favourite comedy of all time. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, to be fair, to be fair, uh, my family's pretty good in the sense that once we're up, it's present time. Uh, <laughs> I'm aware that on Christmas Day, some people can't open a present until after five o'clock That's in the mad. evening. That's oh, mad. I, I, would, I would have to go on a killing spree. I may as well, you think you may as well go to work. Well, exactly. I might as well pop out for a bit and do some errands. My number one, hold on. My number one top of my top five all-time comedies is Red Dwarf, a science fiction comedy started in the mid-80s on BBC Two, starring Craig Charles, starring uh, Arnold Rimmer, who was played by... Oh, my goodness, I can't remember who was played by Arnold Rimmer. Uh, you like it so much that you recently I like it so much that I actually DVDs. can't remember the name of characters. But then again, Chris Barry, that always comes back to me. Yeah. It was actually remade for American television, so like a lot uh, of the comedies we've yeah. shown, uh, but it never went anywhere. Now, I am talking about Red Dwarf, the first seven series. Do not entertain me with the rubbish that is 8, 9, and 10. But the thing was, I, I think it's a, it's a testament to how good it was and how loved it was by the people who yeah, did like it. That it did make ten. Si- there was the, is there any other sitcom on American t- on English TV with ten series? Probably, probably only Fools and Horses may have got that far. In fact, I'll have a quick look at that and see no, what they say only about. Got to seven series. Did seven. it? I suppose we could think of it because of, because of the because of the Christmas so specials, specials. You think it? Yeah. And really, effectively, the last two series that are being made specifically for the comedy TV channel, Dave, are more specials than series because they don't mm. have the kind of uh, uh, thought. Written by Rob Grant and Doug Layla, based on the books that they wrote uh, that, that, that prequeled the series. Uh, again, this is another example of a BBC show being made. And I've watched every DVD that there is. I've read every book and article there is about Red Dwarf. Mm. I am a, a, a smeghead. How old I'm, would you have been when this was in its heyday? Well, it started in 1988. Series 3 was 1991, so I probably was... How was I in 1991? I was about 18. So, so were prob- you talking yeah, to friends about, about Red yeah, Dwarf? Yeah, I had friends into Red Dwarf. I mean, I was, you know, a shock horror here. I was a bit of a geek when I was at that age. I know that will come as a surprise to a lot of you who think I was one of the cool kids. I was not. Uh, I can't I was believe a... that. That should be for a special um, Gary Reveals All podcast. It will be a Gary show special based on my luck. No. Um, the reason I love Red Dwarf is because it mixed a lot of the genres that I like. At times it was silly. There was plain silliness. You know, some of the antics with Crichton and the cat were just farcical. I do like that kind of physical hunt humour. Then there was the relationship between Rimmer and, and Lister where they were put together uh, in a bunk, in a, in a dorm, in a room, because the captain decided they would be good for each other. And Rimmer is this kind of stick up your butt, horrible, nasty, malevolent character. And Lister is a dirty, disgusting slob, kind of every man that people love. And, and just the kind of, there's a wonderful episode that's called Marooned, where they get marooned on a planet and all they've got to keep them going. And I know Lister is a, is a hologram. All they've got to keep them going is this chest full of old things that Lister, that Rimmer had collected. And one by one, they, including his favourite books and pictures and uh, character, you know, caricatures of some of his childhood toys. And just the, the, the way in which they talk to each other. And then at the end of it, you realise that they didn't have to actually do it, that it was all OK. <laughs> and did, the fact they burnt everything. Did this get everything. the Christmas special and all that sort of 
No, it BBC. didn't. Uh, no, it, it stuck on BBC Two its whole life, which, considering how well it did, in, you know, it was, it was the highest rated show on BBC Two every time it was on. Uh, it never made it to BBC One. I think this is the shorter show that, had it been around, would have started on BBC Three. I mean, it was, I was very budget. It was very low budget to start with. The sets wobbled in the background. You know, it was pure Star Trek in that sense. Everything was military grey because that was the only colour paint they could afford on the set. All the all the special effects were done a la old Doctor Who, you know, very kind of stop motion type stuff. Only in its later series when they were given any sort of budget did they make it look any sort of like realism in space. Series one and two are, again, like Blackadder, completely different in look to some of the later series. Um, and again, you know, the, the show suffered in, in later mid-series. Um, Chris Barry went off to do other things, uh, and eventually, Empire for one. Well, <laughs> Empire, one, you know, appeared in a lot of the Lara Croft movies. Uh, eventually, he did come back, and they also added a Christine Kachansky full-time in later series. Originally, it was played by Claire. Does Claire it date Grove. though? Does it stand with those programs that we said don't date? Do you, can you watch the it now? Couple, think- the first couple of series date a very much, but they are the ones with the best writing in them. So although they look very old, the comedy is sharper in those first few series. When they get a little bit more budget, they start the comedy, t- the, the kind of farcical you know, action type comedy takes over and it, it gets very good. To, you know, uh, it's just memorable. And, and even in its later years, it still produces some great, great moments. Um, an episode where they went and, and, and inside Crichton's head and it ended up being a Wild West saloon. Um, uh, set and it was just great and you know, I, I can't even describe how they get there uh and again it, like a lot of comedies you know we talked about the office and we talked about um the royal family they bring new words into the culture i mean nobody really knows what smeg is apart from perhaps a brand of fridge uh smeg head uh you know it introduced a whole new language well, porridge uh, had its own language i think there was what was the saying they was using porridge naff off naff yeah, off naff- doesn't mean and I think the other, and I think the other thing is, is that of course porridge obviously also had the whole prison language, which wasn't really open to a lot yeah. of people have been in there. But yeah, it, and you know, um... as I say, maybe I'm being given the later series a disservice, but to me, it ended at series seven, and and I didn't really want eight, nine, or ten. But they're there, and 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 if you like, uh, if you like that sort of thing, then I would suggest you go out and buy the whole box set and go back and watch it. And you don't, uh, you're not even including the one where they went to the set of Coronation Street, I take it. Oh, definitely not. And I'm not including the one where they go back and solve the Kennedy assassination. Um, I'm certainly not including that rubbish. Uh, second Kennedy assassination uh, mention of... Yeah, we'd like to keep topical. Uh, <laughs> so there you are. There is my numero uno. Okay, number. well, my number one has been mentioned um, a lot during this podcast. So I'm kind of happy with myself. I think... If I Skyped a load of people and asked them their number one, I would, I would hope that this would be it. It's Well, I can do that now. I can get some more people on Skype. Do you want me to do that? No, I'm scared of new people. But oh, okay. the thing is, it has been mentioned by us in the last half hour a lot. Sorry, by Ronnie Corbett. Just missed out. Oh, no, it, it, it's, it's got to be, and it will always be for me, unless something else amazing happens. Only fools and horses it has to be only fools and all i could sing the theme tune how can it not be there is just so many classic moments in this again it was one of those things that ended so brilliantly in 96 but then the bbc bought it back in 2001 and it wasn't as good but glossing over that yeah 
it's I just I find it fascinating. I find the characters fascinating. I find their relationships fascinating. To me, it... the other problem the other problem is with this, and the reason it's not in my top ten is it almost ended up as a drama, not a comedy at times. Well, that is, that is the thing that a lot of people will say. They'll either be like me and go, "That's okay because it, it's." It's what might happen. Or they'll go, I didn't want a miscarriage episode. I wanted something else like where he fell through the bar. Something similar to that. I don't want to watch somebody have a miscarriage on a sitcom. But the... the right. But, but, I mean, it's just, there, was a lot, there was a lot of depth to Del Boy and Rodney's relationship. Uh, which you don't get in the first couple of series, but you do when they start to have families and there's Damien, the possessed baby. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, oh. Just so many well-done and well-crafted characters. Can, can I say show. as well, I think I think one of the things that um, one of the things that Only Fools and Horses did was it showed you that you can have occasional characters that became as well-liked as the main ones. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, Boise did go off and get his own series of the only green... The, is it the Green Green Grass? Yes, that's right. And, and, I, think, and I, I have think, to be fair, I didn't watch that. Yeah. It's sort of not my cup of tea. But Trigger with the Dave stuff is still cracks me up to this day. I don't know why. Nobody knows why that what that joke means. I don't think even the uh, yeah. the legendary John Sullivan quite under, knew where that um, Trigger May called rest the Dave thing came from. But, it's just and still today I watch it and I know I could probably recite certain episodes line by line yeah. but it still still makes me laugh still find it funny and it, it ended so brilliantly and so movingly with them becoming millionaires at the end again, of that prob- that was that was the best way to end it and I, I suppose the other problem with The Only Fools and Horses is it to me is it again does feel like a uh, comedy with just memorable moments in it i i you know was it a great show or was it you know was it him falling through the bar was it the chandelier was it the scene where they turn up as batman and robin was it the bit where he drives through the estate when they're having the riot and everyone's going all right rodney all right del boy is it the fact that he says bonjour when he means goodbye you know is it the fact that he wants a pina colada you know is it yeah there are some is it cliches and I suppose no. the thing is, when you look at I it, think and you the think... thing is, it's become so familiar with people for those moments mm. that when they think of it, they think of the chandelier falling, the falling through yeah. the bar, the Batman, and they don't think of the episodes as a whole and the comedy as a whole. Yeah, and and, and, and I think the other thing is, is that it is that you have to remember with a lot of the things where you think it's cliche, they did it first. Exactly. So therefore. Actually, the others have copied it, and that's why it fi- that's why it feels cliched because they did it first. I do wish they hadn't bought it back in two thousand one, where they lost the money in the market crash. Well, I didn't see it, so I don't mind. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't. I don't no think de- it. Well, they lost a lot of cast members th- through yeah. either death or. Well, Buster Merrifield was was it? I mean, a lot. I mean, another thing that you have to say about Only Fools and Horses, it, it's probably one of the few that recovered when a major character died, sort of two, three series in. It Granddad. was also one of the o- one of the only comedies. May still be the only one. Don't quote me on it, but certainly of its time to have an on-screen funeral. Of yes, absolutely. Yeah, and and I think they used that. And but I think Buster Merrifield's uncle uncle character was a lot more viewer friendly. The granddad character was quite. I found the granddad character quite annoying. Yeah. Whereas the Buster Merrifield character with the, all the during the war stuff. 
and again we're you know we, we uh, as a feature or something we obviously between us you know we haven't got together and got our list together we did our no. lists separately but although we don't share any common television series we feature a lot of comedies with a lot of pathos a lot of feeling yeah, a lot of emotion funny that, isn't it it's funny um, that. comedies that don't just give you laugh 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 they give you that roller coaster um, that, that that's, that's well worth it, and I, I think that's that's very interesting. That, you know that even though our comedy shows differ, our style is very much in there. And also, the thing about Only Fools and Horses, which kind of differs, uh, aside from the Royal Family, The Office, even Blackadder and Red Dwarf, possibly, is that as a show that featured characters that you were supposed to like, as opposed yeah. to, to ones where you grew to like them as it went on. Okay, Dale Boy is a bit of a a ducker and a diver and a bit of a London boy and and stuff but really he had a good heart and the characters always looked after each other it was a decent family unit and yeah and a lot of comedy nowadays especially British comedy and I think this stems from the office it's all about horrible people or people that you find cringeworthy or people that you you know people that you can't relate to so easily and only for nurses yeah was just so brilliant just so brilliant and would it have made it didn't make your top ten? Would it have made your top twelve? Maybe it, it probably would have got an honourable mention in the top twenty. But uh, probably the reason is is because again it's it is quite dated, especially the early episodes. And I think you know I probably do get a little bit turned off, turned away by the kind of like the gimmicky side of it. Well, I, I wasn't um, even around when it started. So yeah, no, is. neither was I. It was early, early in my life, but I think the thing is, is that it, it did get shown an awful lot, and I think it's, you could probably turn on really, turn on UK Gold, and it's probably showing it's only on for right horses probably, not now, somewhere but, in the UK. And also, the, the other thing is that it's it was where, in as much as when it moved to its sixth series, which was the series where he falls through the barn and they get the um, blow up dolls, which was a yeah. fantastic episode. It moved to fifty minutes, which was virtually unheard of. For a comedy, comedy for half hours. And, and I they... suppose the other thing we ought to say is that the viewing figures, particularly for some of the later oh Christmas specials, God. were They've astronomical. Not They've not no. been equal. They're, they're saved for like raw weddings, not the raw wedding, the raw weddings, yeah. and, and major football tournaments only get those kind of views. That's the only thing that would ever come up to it, but certainly nothing in recent yeah. memory, even things that we rave about, like Sherlock and. I don't know, there's just nothing that comes close to it, viewing figure-wise, and it was loved by the general pub public a lot, and I, I hope that love hasn't gone away. I, I'd imagine it would do, because it's always brought up. Well, twice. I think it was number two in the recent um, in, in the recent poll that we talked about, where Blackadder mm. was number one, so certainly I think the British public like it. But I think maybe it's something that started in 1981. To still well, yeah, and I think, I think the other thing that probably has put people off, again, is the fact that it it hasn't, you know, has dated. And I think, as you say, people probably think it did get ruined a little bit by the BBC bringing it back for that second or third time, because I remember it ending a first time, really. <laughs> so there you have it. They are our top five comedies of all time. Now, you have a job now, listening public. Do you agree or disagree with our choices? Where would you put... Would any of these make your list? Are you upset we didn't include things like The Simpsons in our yeah. top five? Which I did all and are about, to be honest. There are no rules yeah, in this. Yeah, there are no rules. Yeah, Family Guy, a lot of people would have gone for in the same vein. 
We also uh, included no sketch shows like Harry Enfield or Catherine Tate or anything along yeah, those lines. We didn't include any comedy panel shows. They think it's all over. Black, you know, and uh, and uh, the mock the week and things like that. Have I got news for you? They're comedy. We laugh at them. We also didn't include Prime Minister's Question Time, uh, though or they yes, did have Minister. some. Well, yes, Minister would have been probably in my top twenty. And we yes, didn't include last yes, of the summer wine for some reason. No, because we're not over seventy. No. But yeah, okay. if you would like to contribute a uh, where you think we went wrong on this list, uh, then you can do. Just leave a comment in the uh, box below where I'm going to post this podcast, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, vo- um, if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, uh, then you can do. Uh, mine is Luke Custard TV. And mine is at the Gary Show. So, are you in Gary's camp or mine? Basically, on this, let's reignite the British TV. Team versus Gary versus Team Luke. Yeah, and uh, only Force Norses versus Red Dwarf is basically what we're saying. Well, there you are, the cool kids versus the old granddads. Uh, and we also didn't include sitcoms that kind of are on now, like uh, well, just finished the In Betweeners. Well, that's right. We didn't include a lot of the, although I put the Big Bang Theory, you know, we didn't include things like How I Met Your Mother or Two Broke Girls or or New Girl, a lot of uh, comedies that are on now that I'm sure you young, younger viewers will be very much into. So that's it. The podcast for the top two best comedies of all time. I've been Luke, um, as I normally am, and he's been... Well, I've been Gary, as again I normally am, but sometimes at weekends I'm Dorothy. Let's cancel that being trapped in the lift business. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've suddenly become very wary of that. Okay, we'll be back again for another uh, Custard TV podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. Take care. Goodbye. Bye! Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.